Peace and blessings to the people. My name is Omar J. De Jesus, and I'm the host of Second Chance, Voices of the Unheard. My podcast talks about the second chance people received after doing time in an institution, innocent or guilty, while changing a poisonous narrative of prisoners' perception. For the most part, people returning to society are outcasted. So my job is to give people an opportunity and a platform to tell their stories. Everybody deserves a second chance. So how is everybody doing today? I'm blessed. I woke up this morning. I believe in God. I believe in situations being momentarily, not permanently. I believe that despite what a person's circumstances may be, I believe you have the power to change that. Sometimes we become complacent with our own situation that we just get lazy and forget about what it took to get us where we're at now. So today I'm going to be talking about fear, fear, the four letter word fear. So I'm going to be talking a little bit more about fear is being used to manipulate the public. As you know, this country is known for that. They're good. They use tactics to get your mind off of what really is going on. Prime example, with the criminal charges they brought forth towards uh, Donald Trump, he is looking at a criminal matter behind some behaviors that caused him to go through this. Um, For one reason, in my opinion, I feel that he's being persecuted because they don't want him to run again for president. His He want to run again for this presidency, which is, uh, you know, I guess is right. A lot of people don't agree with him. Some people do. I don't know what it may be. I keep my face and mouth closed when it comes to politics. Those are my opinions. Um, but there's a broader problem in the country um, they about to slide to digital currency and money is about to be obsolete. They're going to be using a new system soon. A lot of people better be aware of what's going on. And in due time, you'll realize that it happened so fast because of fear. Not only fear, but they use other tactics too. Because once you control the mind, you control the body. So there's a quote by Edward R. Murrow a broadcast journalist, and he says, quote, unquote, no one can terrorize a whole nation, comma, unless we are all his accomplices. Makes sense. America is in the midst of an epidemic of historic proportions. This plague on our nation, one that has been spreading like wildfire, is a potent mix of fear coupled with unhealthy doses of paranoia and intolerance tragic hallmarks of the post 9-11 America in which we live. And let me tell you people, I was down there that day when it happened. I had to walk across the Brook the FDR to the Brooklyn Bridge. It was very scary that day. Everywhere you turn, those on both the left and the right wings are fomenting distrust and division. You can't escape it. We're being fed a constant diet of fear, fear of terrorists, fear of illegal immigrants, fear of people who are too religious, fear of people who are not religious enough, fear of Muslims, fear of extremists, fear of the government, fear of those who fear the government. And the list goes on. 
The strategy is simple yet effective. The best way to control a populace is through fear and discord. Fear makes people stupid. Confound them. Distract them with mindless news chatter and entertainment. Pit them against one another by turning minor disagreements into major skirmishes. And tie them up in knots over matters lacking in national significance. Most importantly, divide the people into fractions. Persuade them to see each other as the enemy. And keep them screaming at each other so they can drown out all other sounds. In this way, they will never reach consensus about anything and will be too distracted to notice the police state closing in on them until the final crushing curtain falls. This is how free people enslave themselves and allow tyrants to prevail. The Machiavellian scheme has so ensnared the nation that few Americans even realize they are being manipulated into adopting an quote-unquote, us against, quote-unquote, them mindset. Instead, fueled with fear and loathing for phantom opponents, they agree to pour millions of dollars and resources into political elections, militarized police, spy technology, and endless wars, hoping for a guarantee of safety that never comes when we can use money for other stuff in the community that needs money to enhance the pillars and help People of color. All the while, those in power, bought and paid for by lobbyists and corporations, move their costly agendas forward and, quote unquote, we the suckers, get saddled with the tax bills and subjected to pat downs, police raids and around the clock surveillance. America has already entered a new phase, one in which children are arrested in schools, military veterans are forcibly detained by government agents because of the content of their Facebook posts. And law-abiding citizens are, or Americans are having their movements tracked, their financial transactions documented, and their communications monitored. These threats are not to be underestimated. Yet, even more dangerous than those violations of our basic rights is the language in which they are couched, the language of fear. It is a language spoken effectively by politicians on both sides of the aisle. Shouted by media pundits from their cable TV pulpits, marketed by corporations and codified into bureaucratic laws that do little to make our lives safer and more secure. An atmosphere of fear permeates modern America. However, with a crime at a 40 year low, is such fear of terrorism rational? Even in the wake of the 9-11 attacks and the shootings, in the San Bernardo and Paris statistics show that those living in an American police state are eight times more likely to be killed by a police officer than by a terrorist. Though, thus, the government's endless jabbering about terrorism amounts to little more than propaganda, the propaganda of fear, a tactic used to terrorize, cower, and control the population. So far, these tactics are working. As history makes clear, fear, fear leads to Facet, facetic and totalitarian regimes is a simple enough formula. National crises, reported terrorist attacks, and sporadic shootings leave us in a constant state of fear. Fear prevents us from thinking. The emotional panic that accompanies fear actually shuts down the prefrontal cortex or the rational thinking part of our brains and 
other words, when we are consumed by fear, we stop thinking. Uh-oh, that's dangerous. For some of us, if we stop thinking, oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> a populace that stops thinking for itself is a populace that is easily led, easily manipulated, and easily controlled. Modern America now possesses all the necessary ingredients for facet state. For the final hammer of fascism to fall, it will require the most crucial ingredient. The majority of the people will have to agree that it's not only expedient, but necessary. In times of quote-unquote crisis, expediency is upheld as the central principle. That is, in order to keep us safe and secure, the government must militarize the police strip us of basic constitutional rights and criminalize virtually every form of behavior. Not only does fear grease the wheels of the transitions to fascism by cultivating fearful, controlled, pacified, coward citizens, but it also embeds itself in our very DNA so that we pass on our fear and compliance to our offspring. Excuse me. It is called as epigenetic inheritance, the transmission through DNA of traumatic experiences. Epigenetic inheritance, remember that, it's the transmission through DNA of traumatic experiences. For example, neuroscientists observe how quickly fear can travel through generations of mice DNA. Wow. As the, port, the Washington Post once reported, this is on December 7th. 2013, quote unquote, in the experiment, researchers taught male mice to feel the smell of cherry blossoms by associating the scent with mild foot shocks. Two later, two weeks later, they bred with females. The resulting pups were raised to adulthood, having never been exposed to the smell. Yet when the critters caught a whiff of it for the first time, they suddenly became anxious and fearful. They were even born with more cherry blossom detecting neurons in their noses and more brain space devoted to cherry blossom smelling. Amazing. Now consider the ramifications of inherited generations of fear and experiences on human beings. As the Post reported, studies on humans suggested that children and grandchildren may have felt the epigenetic impact of such traumatic events such as famine, the Holocaust, and the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. In other words, fear, trauma, and compliance can be passed down through the generations. Fear has been a critical tool in past fascistic regimes and now operates in our contemporary world, all of which raises fundamental questions about us as human beings and what we will give up in order to perpetuate the illusions of safety and security. We are at critical crossroads in American history, and we have a choice, freedom or fascism. Let's hope the American people make the right choice while we still have the freedom to choose. Wow. Amazing. So I'm going to put on something right here so you can listen to it a little bit. I'm not going to go too crazy, but I'm going to let you listen to a little bit. So it's a a story on YouTube. It's called The Story of Televisions. It's The Story of Televisions or Tell Live Visions.
give it a second. It's coming right now. Television became available in experimental forms in the late 1920s. And after World War II, an improved form of black and white TV broadcasting became popular in the United States and Britain. In 1927, an American scientist, Philo Farnsworth, made the first electronic television system and filed a patent for it that same year. His camera tube design was known as the image dissector. Like Nikola Tesla, he was ahead of his time. At just 14 years old, he had already established the basic principles of electric television. Farnsworth's invention was intended by its creator to educate people through cultural and sports programs, to bring more understanding to the world of sheer beauty of our different cultures, habits, and beliefs, in order to settle the world's problems and bring people together. According to his wife, Pem Farnsworth, Philo saw television as a marvelous teaching tool. There would be no excuse for illiteracy. Parents could learn along with their children. News and sporting events could be seen as they were happening in real time, and we would be able to see and learn about people in other countries and lands all over the world. Differences could be settled around conference tables without going to war. Unfortunately, the television was swiftly used for other purposes that certainly did not comply with those of its inventor. People were not being educated through his invention, nor had the world's problems been settled because of it. Sadly, according to his son Kent, Farnsworth felt that he had created a monster and he felt that people wasted too much of their lives watching television. He was reported to have prohibited the viewing of his very own invention in his own home, saying, there's nothing worthwhile on it, and we are not going to watch it in this household, and I don't want it in your intellectual diet. Sadly, Farnsworth died on March 11, 1971, without seeing the realization of his invention, used in the way he had both intended and envisioned. Farnsworth's device was now being used to control the perceptions of billions of people all over the entire planet. Walter Lippmann, author of the book Public Opinion of 1922, stated almost 100 years ago, people get their information about the world outside their community through the mass media. He continued to state, ours is a problem in which deception has become organized and strong, where truth is poisoned at its source, one in which the skill of the shrewdest brains is devoted to misleading a bewildered people. Victor Navasky famously stated, it is based largely on journalism that we make up our national mind. Speaking of the invention of television, a former member of the CIA described it as the greatest scientific indoctrination tool ever devised. Today, people watch television for dozens of hours each week. It could be said that this has been and still continues to be one of the most trusted means of communication and form of entertainment purposes, trusted blindly by the world's citizens. But what if you discovered that that very source of information you were introduced to as a small child and had learned to love was above all a means of controlling your perception, your views, your choices, your emotions, 
and consequently your behavior. The global mainstream media still today is merely one of the many tools used strategically for priming people's perceptions. If you believe that the television is a reliable source of truth and a means of harmless entertainment, you are deluding yourself. What if that source was a hidden means to controlling the way you visualize, perceive or predict, and even conduct your life without you even knowing it, pulling you into a web of lies, manipulating your everyday life? The very device that every household learned to love and adore for family gatherings the world over has been and is to this day a means for influencing public opinion on government issues for political influence, economic control, agenda setting, personal profiling, and opinion shaping. Thus controlling your very perceptions through psychological tactics such as heuristic availability, priming, framing, stereotype activation, exemplification, and of course, subliminal programming as a means for mind control. Never watch the television. It becomes you and you become it. Unknown CIA Ever notice that the root of the very word government actually means to govern the mind. Mente means mind in Italian. Most of our language is based on Latin and Greek. But think of the phrase, all roads lead to Rome. Interesting that tele in Italian means web. Television is exactly what it says it is, a very web of lies, and we have been played like a pawn in a chess game. Our language is riddled with hidden meaning, but maybe I'll save that for another video. The advancement of technology has made it very easy to control people's perceptions. Whether you realize it or not, you are being manipulated through predictive programming, through mainstream news, the TV shows and the movies you watch, the newspapers you read, the apps you have on your phone, and the music you listen to. Ideas are subtly embedded into your subconscious mind, controlling your thoughts, and consequently your choices, actions, and behaviors that always result in an emotion. This makes you vulnerable and more willing to comply and accept that which is to come and is otherwise known as agenda setting. By targeting people's perceptions, the media focus on events set only to distract the population, paving the way for what is to come in favor of the agenda set by the global elite. Subliminal messages are pieces of information that our mind receives without consciously knowing it, so we can't block them out. When we learn new things, we do that by repeating the process until it gets imprinted in our unconscious so that we could use that knowledge when we need it. In this process, however, our conscious mind chooses which information it will keep. If it finds them to be useful or true, it will store them in our unconscious. If it doesn't, it will not store them. This is why it's so difficult to change our own self-beliefs. These concepts are stored within us for a long time, and our conscious mind believes them to be true. Subliminal messages can be sent to our unconscious in two different ways. Visual and auditory. Visual subliminal messages are hidden in images or in video recordings, like movies and TV shows. 
So that was it. I didn't want to go too in depth with that. Um, some good, good, definitely uh, information here um, for people who watch television and believe everything they see without really understanding why and researching it and just going with what they think it's right. Um, I noticed a lot of people do that. Um, so I just want to enlighten you with that. You know, um, you believe what you choose to believe and that's just my opinion. I'm just stating some facts here. Um, so television is telling a lie to your vision. What happened to the thirst for knowledge in society? When did we lose it and why? This is such a magical, interesting world we live in. One could live a million times and still not scratch the surface when it comes to gaining all the knowledge there is to gain. So why are people so comfortable with firstly being told by a black box what is real and what is not? But secondly, quite content that that just five channels will let them all they ever need to know in life. People don't read anymore. They are not interested in it because it takes up too much time and effort. It goes back to this convenience culture again. They might have to think, imagine, discern, information, you know, all those things we are supposed to be doing. It's much easier to just slouch back in the armchair with a burger and a Coke and let the black box tell you everything you need to know. Yet the cycle continues as children are thrust in front of the television as soon as they are out of their cots, conditioned from birth to be conditioned by the TV. So it really shouldn't come as a surprise that we are in, in, in a world of TV watchers. Imagine living your entire life, getting your lowdowns on everything that happened on the planets from this black box in the corner of your room. Yet people do it, and it only benefits those in power who control those five channels. They can propagate anything knowing people will believe it as gospel. And, of course, the TV will never lie to us with it. <laughs> we know that it's not true. If people only knew or did the research into what the TV does to the mind, then they may just think twice about watching it. As human beings, we operate on varying brain wave functions, which are alpha, beta, delta, and theta. Our normal resting state is that of beta. This is where we are just going about our daily lives, which with a certain level of awareness and alertness. This is important when we both we talk of both the conscious and subconscious minds. Imagine the conscious mind as like the firewall for your computer, filtering information as it comes in, protecting your PC from anything negative or viruses. Your subconscious mind literally cannot think for itself. However, it, if anything gets through and reaches the subconscious, it will just react on that information. Whatever gets through becomes ideas, viewpoints, and opinions about the world. It becomes our very belief system. So the conscious mind is extremely important in filtering what comes through the subconscious mind. For example, you are reading this now, so your mind is operating at a normal resting better rate. And your conscious mind is taking in all the information and discerning whether or not it is true. It then either allows or doesn't the information through to your subconscious. Like I said, 
if this is allowed through the, to the subconscious, this will play out in the real world as new opinions, ideas, and etc. Now, what happens when you watch TV is the that the actual frequency that the television emits literally changes your brainwave patterns from the better to much more suggestible alpha state. This is almost like a hypnotic trance state where your conscious mind firewall has now been sufficiently relaxed and lowered, almost like being off guard, which now totally exposes the subconscious mind to the information coming from the television. This is why when you look at people when they are watching TV, they are they actually look like they are in a trance because mentally that is what is going on. Zombified with mouth slightly aghast. That then what happens when they have you in a hypnotic state, that's right. They hit you with the advertisements, the subliminals and propagandas telling you that you need to buy shit. You don't need telling you what junk food to eat, how to act, look and think. You are quite literally being programmed. And that's why, after all, they are called TV programs, telling a lie to your vision, repeating the same thing day after day, week after week, year after year. You must fear terrorists. You must hate Muslims. You must eat McDonald's. Your subconscious mind is being bombarded with bullshit when you when you guard it down. Billions of pounds a year are made from companies advertising TV, and God only knows how many billions across the planet getting hypnotized to believe there is, again, in the very word, be live or believe. State propaganda to gain support for yet another bombing campaign in such far away or all you rich lands. So. I decided to talk about this here because um, we live in a country where we adopt anything and we believe anything without really doing the research. Um, the reason why I'm speaking on it is because me and someone were speaking about holidays and she was referring how some of the holidays that people celebrate in this country is demonic. And I agree with her. The origins of some of the holidays are pagan. And somehow paganism is associated with Christianity. Um, but I'm going to leave that for another topic. Um, but this country do adopt everything other than its originality. So some of these holidays are demonic. You know, I don't want to spoil the kids childhood you know because i grew up on the lives myself so i didn't know any better i was ignorant so but as i got older i started doing my own research and came to the conclusion that this country does that a lot messes the kids up want them to believe something and they do because they don't know better and they use media outlets and tvs and stuff like that to subconsciously embed that stuff into the kids so i hope you like the topic that I was speaking on today. I hope you have a safe and blessed day. God bless y'all. I love y'all. Everybody that's been a faithful fan who's appreciative of the knowledge that I put forth. And to my brothers and sisters, my family and friends, love y'all. 
I would like to say thanks to everyone who is listening to my podcast. Thanks to every organization that has helped me change my perspective in life. A quick shout out to Osborne, AVP, Pace, Defy, Network, NYU's Prison Education Program, PEP, Drive for Life, Prison Project. And remember, no one wants to do time, but we all need time. Peace and blessings.